Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. Welcome to season two. I am so happy to be back here talking to you after taking a much needed break. I sincerely hope that the last couple of months have been kind to you and that you are doing what you can to prioritize your self-care. We all know that this pandemic is still wreaking havoc around the world. And while it's getting tiring for a lot of us, and I desperately miss my students' faces, I feel incredibly grateful to live and work in a safe space in my home. I know many of you may be working in frontline jobs or higher risk environments, and I sincerely hope that you are staying safe and well. One thing I think we are also all grateful for is that 2020 is in the rearview mirror. While I am not making any bold predictions for what 2021 will bring, I did that last year and it didn't go so well. I am cautiously optimistic that it will be an improvement over the year we just left. At least I'm hopeful of that. And I'm not going to let a global pandemic, or anything else for that matter, get in the way of my hope or my big dreams. And today that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to help you kick off 2021 with a practice that I think is incredibly effective to creating positive change in your life on a daily basis and that helps you develop habits and behaviors that will move you closer to realizing your big dreams and goals. And that practice is intention setting. Intentions are a reflection of our guiding principles and they indicate how we want to show up and be in the world. They're powerful because they lead to behavior changes that can result in dramatic improvements in your life, no matter what you want to achieve. I'm so excited to talk to you about this powerful practice of setting intentions, how they differ from goals, and I'm going to share with you my own yearly process for creating them. So let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately a fulfilling HR career. Just before we jump into today's topic, I want to give a shout out to a listener and colleague, my friend Bill Buteau. If you listened to my interview with my former student, Dean Lempers, in Season 1, you may remember Bill's name. Bill was Dean's mentor and someone who was instrumental in helping him land his first HR job. Well, Bill was so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and I wanted to share that with you today and thank him for taking the time. Bill says, This is a great podcast for anyone in the HR profession. As a first-time practitioner, or as somebody who is a seasoned professional with lots of experience. Great advice, sound ideas, and very well presented by Melanie. Thanks so much, Bill. You are so very kind, and thank you for mentoring so many emerging practitioners over the years. They're lucky to have you in their corner. So on to our topic. I have to tell you that I started working on this episode last summer because I realized how helpful it would be to so many of you but honestly, the timing just didn't feel right. Then I realized that the beginning of a new season and a new year would be an ideal time to share this practice. 
How many of you set New Year's resolutions? Even if you don't write them down or share them with anyone. I'm guessing that's most of you. And how many of you already gave up on your resolution? Be honest now. It's the third week of January and statistics show that about 80% of New Year's resolutions fail by the second week of January. So why is this? Well, I believe, and there is some hard data to show it, that people don't set up the systems or environment to support the change that they want to realize with their resolution. And the same happens with setting goals, even those super smart ones. That is why I feel that the practice of intention setting can be much more powerful and life-changing. Intentions focus on what's going on inside of you, not just your external environment, which we all know can go to hell in a handbasket very quickly. 2020, need I say more? The purpose of today's episode is to encourage you to focus on setting intentions or an intention for 2021, rather than just goals or in addition to the goals that you've already set. Forget about the resolutions you've already given up on. That's the past and we're not even going to hang out there. To help you set an intention or intentions for 2021, I'm going to start today by talking about the difference between intentions and goals. Then I'll give you a few examples of why goals alone don't seem to work to create real lasting change in our lives, and I will share my personal process for setting an annual intention. Let's talk about the difference between intentions and goals. First and foremost, intentions are more present-focused, whereas goals are something or somewhere you will be in the future. This makes intentions much more relevant and actionable on a daily basis because we're living them every time we wake up in the morning and we head out into our day. We also know that it takes anywhere from 21 to 90 days to create a habit, depending on which source you're reading. So doing something consistently each day will lead to behavior change. And if that behavior change is related to a state that you want to realize, then you're going to be well on your way over time to realizing that future state of being or that way of feeling in your life. Intentions are also more focused on behavior and habits, whereas goals tend to be a little more targeted on some product or outcome that you're going to realize. If my intention for 2021 is to be well and focus on my self-care, then I'm going to engage in behaviors and create habits that well people would engage in. A goal that might be accomplished by that intention that I set would be to lose 10 pounds in three months. But the goal is an outcome or a product rather than a set of behaviors and habits. Intentions are also generally ongoing and fluid because they describe a state of being or are really more of a guiding principle to how you want to live your life. They're always a work in progress. Whereas when you set a goal, a goal once it's achieved is done. 
and then you might go on and set other goals. But intentions are really an ongoing way of being that we are driving towards and living up to on a daily basis. Another major difference between the two is that goal setting without a positive intention to support it can have us way too focused on what we don't have or the place that we're not yet. And that can overwhelm us with the how of getting to what we want. This is especially true of really long-term big goals. You might set milestones in between, and I do recommend that when you are goal setting. But when you set an intention that supports that goal, or that creates an ideal state that you want to realize, you have a chance to do that every single day. My example about being well and prioritizing self-care. That's something that I can check in with myself on every single day of the year. And I can take small steps or actions to do that. The final difference is that intentions really come from the heart or your emotions. And they capture how you want to feel and show up in the world. How you want other people to see you. Whereas goal setting is more of a mind or thinking type of activity. It requires planning, setting out smaller goals or milestones, and it's not necessarily focused on how you want to feel, but rather what you want to accomplish, what you want to see as some tangible outcome at some future point. So what is the challenge with only setting goals and not changing your intention or way of being? Well, as I said before, when I talked about New Year's resolutions, many of us set goals without thinking about the behavior or environmental changes we need to make to accomplish them. This is probably one of the biggest challenges with only setting goals. For example, you might want to learn how to play the piano, but you don't bother scheduling practice time into each day. Or you want to lose weight, but you don't get rid of all the junk food in your kitchen or buy healthier foods to eat. Because intentions are focused more on behaviors or ways of being, we're constantly checking in on whether or not we're living up to our intention. And that, over time, creates real consistent change. Another challenge is that once you achieve your goal and it's done, you may not even keep the behaviors and habits that you used to get there, which in many cases was the reason you wanted to accomplish the goal in the first place. Losing weight or changing your body is a really perfect example. Let's say you want to lose five pounds. You change your behavior by exercising every day and making healthy food choices. You lose the weight, and then as soon as you achieve your goal, you start to go back to your former eating habits, and you stop exercising. And guess what? The five pounds is back faster than you realize. I know this from experience. Let's look at another example. You decide you want to get an A in your HR class. I think that's an amazing goal, by the way, and it's totally possible. So you change your habits. 
For the 13 weeks of the semester, you wake up 30 minutes earlier each day and do your class readings. You only watch one hour of Netflix each night and you clean all the clothes off your desk so that you have a pleasant place to work and study. You work hard and you get the A. You feel great. You're happy that you were able to make the changes and accomplish your goal. But instead of applying these good habits to your next course or your personal development and growth, you suddenly go back to your old ways and habits. You sleep in, you watch three hours of Netflix each night, and your desk becomes riddled with clothing, dishes, magazines. When the next semester rolls around, guess what? You get a C in your course. Now, don't get me wrong. Setting goals is important, and I'm not suggesting you don't ever set any. But one of the key benefits of setting intentions is that if you don't achieve your goal at the exact time you initially stated you would, in the exact way you thought you would, you also won't completely fall apart and give up. By living to your intention, you will likely still feel accomplished and will have changed a lot on the way to your goal. And most importantly, you'll feel like you've made improvements. This truly has a ripple effect because the more you make changes and see results, the more you'll continue to make those changes. I'll give you an example. Let's stick with our simple example of losing weight, or perhaps it's to gain muscle. And you set a goal for yourself to lose 10 pounds in six weeks because you have a big event coming up. There's a clear outcome and a date, and you'll likely have some kind of plan to get there. Let's say you've hired a personal trainer to work out with you three days per week, you throw out all the junk food, and you're starting to increase your water intake every day. Perfect. Things are going well for the first three weeks, and you're starting to see progress. And most importantly, you feel great about how you're doing. You're consistent with your plan, you're putting time into your health instead of other things like TV, drinks with your friends, and sleeping in. Then in week three, your personal trainer gets sick, and you hurt your shoulder. I also know that from experience. And so you can't work out the same way you were before. You really try to stick to your food plan for the next week while you take a rest. But by midweek, you're so bummed out that the plan you designed to reach your goal is falling apart. So you decide to go out for dinner with your friends. You figure one cheap meal won't hurt. So you splurge. You have some wine. You physically don't feel good the next day because you're not used to eating that way or drinking alcohol. So the next day you sleep in and you don't do any exercise. You step on the scale the following day and see that you've gained back two pounds. You know it's probably a lot of water retention, but the depressive effects of the alcohol kick in and you say, screw it. Two weeks later, your trainer is ready to work out with you again, but by now you've gained four pounds back and you feel embarrassed to fess up to them, so you don't bother calling them back. There's no way you were going to lose 10 pounds anyway, you tell yourself. You'll just wear what you wore last year to the event. No one will remember anyway. Does that sound familiar? I'm sure it does. I think I've been there more than once. Now let's replay that goal with you also setting an intention for the year. You still want to lose 10 pounds and you still want to lose it in six weeks, but your bigger play, your intention for who and how you want to be is a healthy person 
that feels positive and confident in your body. You narrow this intention down to the word healthy. Healthy is how you want to feel and look and behave. Each day you wake up, and although you have your plan in front of you for your goal, you ask yourself, what would a healthy person do today? So you get up, you do your workout, you have a couple of glasses of water, you pack a healthy lunch to work, you come home and walk the dog after dinner while listening to the HR Mentor podcast. This is my story. You go to bed early and you read a book. The next day you're at work and everyone is talking about ordering skip the dishes from a pizza place because they just made a big sale or something. You ask yourself again, what would a healthy person do? And you pass on the pizza. Then in week three, your personal trainer still gets sick and you still hurt your shoulder. You see your plan for your six-week goal might crumble, but you ask yourself, what would a healthy person do? And even further, how do healthy people overcome setbacks in their fitness goals? So you visit the physiotherapist for your shoulder and get on a treatment plan right away. You ice it, rest it, and eat foods that help reduce inflammation. Instead of going to the gym to work out, you go for a brisk walk twice a day. Your dog is loving you for this, by the way. And you get lots of sleep so your body can heal. By week five, your trainer is ready to work out with you again, and your shoulder is feeling back to normal. Although you haven't lost as much weight as you wanted to by week five, you also didn't gain any. So you call it a fresh start. You get back with your trainer, and at week six, you weigh yourself. You didn't reach your goal of 10 pounds in six weeks. You only lost eight, but you feel fantastic. You made great progress and are proud of your ability to overcome challenges, and you start to see yourself as a healthy person. So now you ask yourself, what would a healthy person do? And you sign up for another six weeks with the trainer. You refresh your meal plan, you buy a new outfit for the event, maybe not the size you wanted, but oh, so close. And you have a great time. You let yourself have a splurge the night of the event. You feel a little yucky the next day, but instead of staying in bed and moaning, you ask, what would a healthy person do? So you force yourself to go for a walk. Doggo is loving all over you for all these walks. You prep a new meal plan to start the next day. Take a hot bath. Get lots of sleep and rest. And the next day, you get up and you recommit to your intention because you are a healthy person. By week eight, you weigh yourself and you've lost 11 pounds. You see, with an intention of how you want to be or how you want to show up in the world, you get to recommit each day with a simple question or check-in with yourself. And it doesn't even have to be once a day. You can check in with yourself multiple times a day to make sure that you are living up to your intention. Now, I love the use of the question, and I have found that to be particularly helpful for myself, but I can't take credit for it. That idea comes from the book Atomic Habits by James Clare. And if you're somebody that wants to create new and lasting habits in your life, I definitely recommend this book. It's really clear and easy to understand. 
well laid out. There's excellent exercises and practices that you can do. And James himself has a pretty inspiring story. I'll leave a link in the show notes and you can check it out. The other cool thing with intentions is that you can create more than one intention for different points of time. I like to set one intention for the year and then I check in on that on a daily basis with myself. Am I living up to this? And how would I live up to this on a daily basis with my actions and my behaviors? My 2021 intention is to be focused. And I boil that down to the single word, focus. So I spend a lot of times asking myself, what would a focused person be doing right now? I can tell you that I've watched a lot less Netflix so far in 2021 because of that single question. Now, you may be wondering, why one word? Why would I have to boil it down to one word? The simple answer is, you don't. If you want your intention to be a phrase or a short description of a state of being, that's totally fine. But there's some reasons why I like to boil my intention down to a single word. The first one is that it's super easy to remember and repeat to yourself as a mantra throughout the day. The second reason is that it makes it a lot easier to ask yourself the what would a question. For example, what would a focused person do? Or what would a healthy person do? If you have a big phrase or sentence in there, that might get kind of awkward. The last reason why I like using a single word intention or boiling my longer intention down to a single word is that there's no risk of cluttering it with conflicting or negative language. You just want to make sure that word gives you a positive connotation towards the future state that you want to realize or the person that you want to show up as on a daily basis. There are many different processes for identifying your intention. And if you are keen, feel free to research the process further. But today I'll share my process with you. It is in no way perfect for everyone, but like anything I tell you, take what works and forget the rest. There are actually eight steps that I follow in this process, and I'm going to go over them in a list first, and then we'll talk about each one. The first one is to dream big about whatever future state of being you want to realize for yourself. The second step is to attach an important why to that future state of being. Why do you want to change things for your future? Step three is to get brutally honest about why you are where you are today. That's always a tough one. The fourth one is to bridge the gap with behaviors. The fifth step is to prioritize those behaviors for the biggest impact. The sixth step is to write your intention statement. The seventh is to choose your single word, and the eighth is to live your intention each day in both big and small ways. Let's look at each one in a little bit more detail. The first step, dream big about your future, I usually do over the holidays, not necessarily on New Year's Eve or anything like that. 
but I like to set up some dedicated time just for me. Now, I'm a morning person and I do my best creative work in the morning before the world tries to pull me in other directions. So I usually get up early, obviously have a cup of coffee, and do a short meditation or gratitude practice before I start this. The point is to get myself in a clear state of mind and feel relaxed, but you do whatever works for you. It might be a run or a workout, or it could be taking a hot shower to wake up. Whatever works, do that. Once I find myself in this clear state of mind, I get a pen and a notebook or a nice journal, and I write down all the things I want to accomplish in my life, the big long-term things I want to realize. When I do this, I work in five categories. I look at work or career, health, relationships, finances, and fun. These categories are inspired by and adapted from the book Designing Your Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. The book is excellent if you want to take stock of where you're at in your life and get real about understanding why you might be feeling frustrated or burned out. The book also takes you through a number of exercises that will help you set a new path to life satisfaction. In any case, I go through these categories and I identify what is important to me in the long term. This may change from year to year or it might not change dramatically. Maybe you made a few changes and are feeling like your tank is full in any one of these categories now and you're quite content. That's perfect. But if not, Write down what you would like to realize in each of these categories in the long term. I would say in three to five years is a good time frame. Now remember, you're not setting specific goals with dates and times and a step-by-step process. This is a future state of being. So for example, with finances, you might say you want to feel financially secured for your retirement. Okay. Maybe you want that in five years, that's okay, but the feeling or the state of being you want to accomplish is that feeling of financially secured for your retirement. Or you might say you want to realize the ability to spend more on fun activities for yourself or to feel stress-free when it comes to your finances. Stress-free finances actually has a really nice ring to it. Who wouldn't want that? Now, the reason that anyone wants anything, which is getting us into step two, attach a why, is that they believe they will feel better and happier if they have it. Abraham Hicks taught me that, Jim. But if you can attach a why to any aspect of your future state, it's going to be very helpful. Why do you want to feel less stress with your finances? Is it because you saw your parents stress when you were younger and it affected their health? Or they had to work longer than retirement age and they seemed really unhappy? Or is it because you want to feel the freedom of being independent and not relying on someone else for financial security? Your why is going to help you gauge how important this future state is, and it can help you stay motivated in that direction. Your why will also help you tap in to whether or not You actually want this future state because you believe it's going to lead you to a happier, more content way of being. Or if you can't find a meaningful why, it might not be as important as you think, 
and it may be driven more by external factors or what other people think you should be doing, which is never the place to start with a life intention. The third step is to get really honest about why you are where you are right now. And by that, I mean, why haven't you already realized that future state? And this is not designed to beat you up or make you feel bad about it, but it's to help you really tune into the behaviors or the actions that are lacking. I fine-tuned this process this year after reading the book Principles by Ray Dalio, and he talks about being radically honest with yourself about why you are where you are. And so what I did is I took a look back over the prior year and I looked at the goals I had set early in 2020, and I'm not talking about those predictions I made about what a great year it was going to be. I really looked back at what I said I wanted for myself long term at the start of 2020. What did I intend for myself and where did I make progress and where did I fall short? This isn't always easy to do, but I can tell you pulling the wool over your eyes is not a very effective way to improve yourself or achieve big dreams. Trust me, I know. Once I identified which intentions and goals I did not achieve over the last year, but that were still relevant to the big dreams I wanted to create in my life, I then brainstormed all the possible reasons why I didn't make the kind of progress I wanted to in those areas. What got in my way? In order to do this effectively, you have to be prepared to be really honest with yourself and take personal responsibility. If you blame where you are on external factors, you might as well just throw in the towel because here's the truth. You still can't change them today. This has to be an exercise in which you personally look at what you did or didn't do that prevented you from getting to the place you wanted to. But once you've had your honest chat with yourself and you have a good list, you're ready for step four, which is to bridge the gap. Look at your list of challenges or reasons for not being where you want to be and make a list of behaviors that can help you bridge that gap. What can you personally do or how can you show up that will move the needle for you? I'll give you a quick example of how this really played out for me this year. One of the things I didn't realize last year was the launch of my online course for new HR graduates. I have a lot of hours put into it, but the final part of recording the videos and making it available didn't happen and it was one of my big goals for that year and will help me realize some of my biggest dreams. Now, when I look back on why I didn't make that happen, I realized two really important things. The first was that fear was holding me back. And the second was that I had spread myself way too thin time-wise to create enough space to do the work and to do it well. I had a yes problem. Lots of people have no problems, but not me. I'm curious by nature, I'm interested in a lot of things, I love learning new things, and I'm very driven by my value of impact. I like to give back in both big and small ways. But by never saying no to new clients, even though I said I wouldn't take on any new clients, and never saying no to people who want guidance and advice, and never saying no to new opportunities to learn, 
I never said yes to one of the biggest things I really wanted to accomplish in 2020. My intention last year was courage, and I did take some really bold moves. Starting this podcast was one of them. And while I'm incredibly proud of everything I created last year, how I lived up to that intention and the foundation I built for this community, the reality is it did split my focus. So this year, when I looked back, I realized the behaviors that I needed the most were not just courageous, but also very focused in a narrow and disciplined way. Now, if you're doing this for the first time and don't have anything to look back on, that's okay. If you can think back over the prior year and remember some of the things you wanted to accomplish, write those down. For example, maybe you didn't set an intention or have a bunch of really hard and fast goals, but you did want to graduate with a 3.8 GPA, or you wanted to exercise at least five times a week, and you feel that these are still aligned with your big future dreams and your why. So ask yourself, why didn't you achieve them? Brainstorm all the reasons you can think of that those things didn't happen and make sure that these are things you did or didn't do, not something external. Then I want you to close the gap by thinking about and writing down all the behaviors that you need in order to get you closer to that future state. Once you have the behaviors listed, take a step back and look at them. Is there a theme emerging here? You might be surprised that there is. Which ones do you think will have the biggest impact on helping you achieve your big dream? Circle or highlight those behaviors. And remember, behaviors are observable actions you can take. For example, with your goal of a 3.8 GPA, a behavior might be to ask your instructor questions during their office hours on concepts that you find difficult or that you realize are going to be really important to the course instead of trying to figure it out on your own. That is an action you can take. Attend office hours. Then in step six, you're going to look at this prioritized behaviors and any themes that are emerging and try to write that into one or two intention statements that you feel will have a big impact. These are going to start with the phrase, My intention for 2021 is to, or is, and then fill in the blank. For example, my intention for 2021 is to be focused on doing fewer things really well. That's what I came up with. Through my process, I realized that when I take on too much, I can get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I do the things that are easiest for me instead of the things that will make the most progress. I don't think I'm unusual in that, but it certainly does hold me back. My other intention related to this realization is to say no or not right now more often. I even created a process to help me decide what to say no to, which has already been incredibly helpful just a couple of weeks into the year. Once you have an intention statement or two written down, See if you can now pull a single word out of that that you can use as a reminder or guiding word to keep you aligned to your intention on a daily basis. 
looking at my intention statements that I wrote, the word focus came through loud and clear and really quickly. Once you have your word, you're going to take your intention and make it a part of your every day. Ask yourself that important question as many times a day as you need to. What would a focused person do? What would a healthy person do? What would a wealthy person do? What would a mindful person do? What would a kind person do? I promise you that if you set an intention that supports your big dreams and the life you want to realize, and you engage in behaviors that align with your intention on a daily basis, you are going to make incredible progress. It took a ton of courage for me to start this podcast, record videos, and share the type of content I shared with you last year. But my life, and hopefully in some way yours, is a lot better for it. And now for a 2021 that is focused and full of no's and not right now's. I'll let you know how I did in 2022. Thank you so much for listening today and for continuing to be part of the HR Mentor community. If you're just finding this podcast now, I encourage you to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean so that you don't miss a future episode. We have some great content planned for this season, so stay tuned. You can also find all the season one episodes and the show notes for those episodes and this one on my website at www.unicorngroup.ca forward slash podcast. As always, thank you for being here. Bye for now.